Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Again, a huge missile hit in a residential area. You see the crater behind me. Nearby is the school where the windows are now blown out. Here, the whole building is totally destroyed to the ground. A wounded man is now in the hospital who was living in the building. The neighbors here are terrified. That's a reporter named Maria Avdiva. I was watching that video yesterday. She's in the city of Kharkiv. It's the second biggest city in Ukraine, which is being reduced to rubble, which is what Russia does when they're at war with somebody. And she was pointing to apartment buildings and schools and businesses and all kinds of things that are just being hit indiscriminately. And uh, lots of people are dying. And it looks like she's standing somewhere where a, where a, a Cat 5 her, uh, tornado hit. And it's just Russians murdering Ukrainians. And uh, for some reason, we can't stop it right now. Wow. For analysis and discussion, let's turn to Mike Lyons. Uh, Mike has served with various military organizations in the U.S. and Europe, respected commentator and analyst for a number of networks and publications. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. I couldn't top that uh, analysis right there, though, that's for sure. Well, is there anything we can be happy about that's going on? You know, well, so the artillery is getting there to the front, and this is going to be about ammunition. It's going to be about how much ammunition the Ukraine military can destroy. So, so Russia's got to bring a lot of those um, missiles and a lot of the, those ammunition dumps. They've got to be getting, they've got to come close to the border there. And the question is whether they're going to go across the border. So we've given them this very high, uh, long-range and very accurate artillery weapons that uh, can likely go into Russia now and attack some of the ammunition dumps that they've put up there. The question is whether they're going to do that. Now, Zelensky has told the United States they won't do that. That will definitely escalate things, but that will stop 
the kind of attacks that are happening. That attack you talked about in, in, in Kharkiv, we thought Kharkiv was safe. That was a city that two months ago that the Ukraine military cleared from artillery range, at least, at the very least, but now they're bringing back the long-term rockets and cruise missiles that they have. They, they, they outnumber them still 30 to 1, 40 to 1 in terms of overall artillery tubes. So it's going to continue to happen as Russia continues their scorched earth strategy. You know, I'm not an expert military analyst, Mike, but it strikes me that you have one country decimating another, murdering and raping their way across the, the you know, the homeland, etc., and uh, and we're telling the defending country you can't bomb at all in that other country because uh, that might escalate it. If those are the rules, go home. But we're done here. It seems absurd. Yeah, I, I agree, and we're starting to come to that conclusion right now. I, I think, at least, um, perhaps, um, at least in the in the navy battles that are potentially taking place. So we know that Zelensky has ordered the Russian, uh, they are the Ukraine military, in, to take back some of those cities, the fighting in Kherson and those places where Russia controls 90% of the coastline with the Black Sea. So what's Russia done? They've now turned to bombing Odessa again. Now that would be. Um, a, t- a tremendous strategic loss if they basically landlock uh, the rest of Ukraine and Russia controls the entire Black Sea coastline that's there. Um, but, but Ukraine doesn't have a navy; they can't fight there. They've got to just fight, you know, fight this on the ground. But um, but but I, there, there's still a, a cynical side to me that watches our government, and I think you know, what the Pentagon is whispering to the executive branch is saying, "Up, oh, keep going. We, you know, we'll keep supplying them ammunition and stuff because it's slowly attriting the Russian military. This is really making the Russian military not a great force, not, not a threat to the future. So we're using this classic proxy war. We're using the Ukraine people uh, in order to fight our battles, but, but we're, we're giving them some ways false hopes because it's still Russia. They still have a tremendous amount of resources on their side. Okay, so are you saying that our Pentagon is excited about we're weakening a foe on the world stage but our goal is not necessarily for Ukraine to win? Yeah, I, I would say. I, well, w- w- our, our objective would be that, that to win. Of course, we want sure. them to win. But we also deep down know, if you look at numbers, if everything's, everything's a numbers game, that they're really fighting an uphill battle. If, they, if the war stops right now, Ukraine loses a fifth of their country, high agricultural, high chemical plant, high, high industrial facilities. They, they're down revenues. As a, you know, to be a country, they, they've got to defend themselves, generate revenue, all those things. And they've been weakened on the same front themselves. And, and Russia comes back five or six years and does this again and continues to you know, try to accomplish their objectives. But, but for right now, in the present, we're looking at them saying, keep going because you're wiping out a lot of Russian capability at this point. So I, 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 it's hard for me not to think that that's kind of thing that's, but that they're whispering in the Pentagon. In fact, I know that's what they're doing. They're talking about the fact that Russia is getting weaker every day as well. Well, just a little follow-up on that. The New York Times had a piece over the weekend talking about how desperate uh, Russia was for <clears throat> Uh, recruits because they've lost so many guys uh-huh. um, and they're having to drag old uh, reservists back in and offer cash bonuses that may or may not be paid. Uh, how desperate are they? Is it just inconvenient for them at this point or are they nearing a crisis, do you think? No, I think they're inconvenient. They, they've got 100,000 troops that they conscripted in March. And they, they still have a country of a, a lot of resources of, of 18 to 24 year olds. They're going to have to go back in their 11 time zones that, it, that, that the country's made up of. But no, that they still can throw more people at this. The, the question gets back to that mobilization. If they want to fully mobilize, they, they still, if you, if you look at the media reports from what's coming out of Russia right now, they're saying uh, a lot of people still don't really know what's going on. They think it's winding down. They don't, they don't believe the level of destruction that's taking place. 
So how long can Putin keep uh, fooling the Russian people remains to be seen. I, we're not going to see, I don't think, a revolution that's going to take place there because of the decentralization of the communication coming from the ground up and the fact that the government controls so much from the top down. Now, we saw a report, too, that the Ukraine said that they have 700,000 troops in reserve ready to go. Now, I, I find that to be a very large number. I'm not sure where that's coming from. We know the British are training some of the Ukraine military. Um, but, but uh, I, again, I'm not sure where that is when really both sides right now are exhausted. We know Russia has taken an operational pause. That's what they said that they're doing. And, and right now, Ukraine needs that same operational pause to try to ref, refit and refuel. But, um, but, again, once the fighting starts again, Russia will have more people, more ammo, more artillery, more of everything, and they can just you know continue to go from there. My final question, have you changed your calculation at all in terms of how concerned you are about this escalating into World War III, as people refer to it, uh, or anything like that? Or do, do we, does the world need to be more aggressive because of the stakes? Well, I, I think so. The economic statecraft is still not there. The sanctions have really not done anything. We, we're going to see this. Um, it's what we're seeing right now happening with the lack of, of the food being exported from Ukraine. That's going to cause a problem in the future, and we seem to be ignoring that. But we've talked before that you know look, World War One starts with a bullet, uh, an archduke, a Sophie, and next thing you know, the world's at war. So what's going to be that trigger point? What's it going to take? in order for it to, for that to happen. Uh, Russia could make a mistake. Uh, I, I, they've been much better at not going anywhere near NATO countries. And, and, and I think that, you know, Latvia and the Baltics and those regions become tripwire, were tripwires to begin with. But Belarus has become less belligerent about that as well. Um, I, the question is, does, is the, does, if Ukraine decides to attack into Russia, which I think they have a right to do, um, and if, does that cause, what, what kind of escalation does that cause? Because the only thing Russia can do conventionally at this point against NATO is long-term fires, missiles at Paris, missiles at Berlin, missiles in London. Oh, jeez. And, and, and now we've got, you know, yeah, that, that Katie bar the door, that opens the whole, the whole, opens the whole thing up, so. Yeah, that goes beyond a tripwire. Uh, Mike Lyons, military analyst on the line. Mike, just in the minute or two we have left, uh, totally uh, aside from Ukraine, what uh, military-type stories are you following? What's uh, top of your mind? That's a great question. I'm, I'm concerned about our Navy right now. If we're going to pivot to the Pacific, the, the, the Chinese still have 600 ships uh, ready to go. We've got a little under 300. Um, you know, this pivot has got to take place at some point. We're already seeing the Chinese do things as they gather Solomon Islands. They're becoming more aligned with some of those countries there. They're going to look to control the South China Sea. And if you're looking over the horizon, if you're a leader, you've got to sit there and project how are we going to remain a Pacific power uh, if, if, we're, if we're not going to stay focused on that. It, we've got to do both. We've got to continue to keep our eye on Europe because Europe is our ally for all these years, and we've got to have some leadership there. But I think as a military person, you cannot ignore what's going to happen potentially in, in the Pacific with the Chinese, given the military built-up they've put there. You know, it's funny, it just popped into my head. You can't go to a restaurant, you can't go to a retail store, you can't go anywhere without a labor shortage. How's our our military doing with recruiting lately? Have you heard? Yeah, not good. In fact, we've had to drop the, the, the bar, we dropped the standard there, and, and there's a cat four, there's a, there's a, you know, if you're not a high school grad, if you've had drug uh, arrests and things, uh, we're now allowing you back in the military. We weren't doing that. It, you know, it just kind of depends how it goes. Uh, the, the, what the military is good at is predictability of whether you're going to be good in the military or not. They've got, what, 200 years of you know, figuring that out. So um, all the tests and all the things you go, and, and the, the bottom line is we've had to drop some of those standards in order to fill ranks. That always creates a down, downstream problem with them causing problems either in the ranks 
or when they get out. You know, the, kind of that dirty little secret is uh, while all soldiers, you know, are heroes and, and the like, but there are bad troops and you have to separate them and the military reflects society and it is what it is. But um, but that's going to be that's going to be something that I think we have to work. People are we're taking people that were, would, would previously be unqualified. They're overweight. They've done things that they shouldn't be doing from the military's perspective. But we're forced to put them in there right now. So we're going to we're going to pay the price here in, in about four or five years. Military analyst Mike Lyons. Mike, uh, thanks a million for the insight. Great to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So, Thank you. So you're a fat pothead who steals occasionally. <laughs> now you're in the army. <laughs> oh, well, what are you going to do? And you're not very bright, perhaps. Oh boy. So I was uh, I was thinking about we mentioned this tweet a little bit earlier from a young person who tweeted out, "Adulthood is low key lonely AF. Everyone's busy. Everyone sucks at texting. We all just work all day to come home and sleep to wake up and work again. On weekends you catch up on things you couldn't do during the week. It's all stupid. And we talked about how that's just a young person recognizing that's what life is. And eventually, I guess we get used to it." I was thinking about that while we were talking about the Ukrainian situation. I hate the fact that a, a, a big evil country can take a neighboring country and just murder and rape and, and get away with it. But that's life, apparently. That's ah, the way the world yeah. has always worked. It's uh, probably always going to work that way. And sucks. It just is. Once in a while, a gigantic superpower comes along and says, no, you're not going to kill each other and grab each other's land. It's bad for business. It's bad for humans. We're not going to let you. And that superpower was the United States of America. And for our trouble, uh, our own people are saying we're, we're bad and naughty. And, and certainly while we're imperfect, nobody recognizes the incredible value of the projection of American power over the last 75 years. Well, not nobody, but not enough people. Well, on a totally different topic, we asked you to name our new uh, milkshake place where you would uh, eat your oh, milkshake geez. and then uh, be actually sitting. Hmm. We can't you want to explain, explain the premise. How about we explain it when we come back? Yeah, you, better you, you don't want to better explain idea. that quickly. No. no. <laughs> and just now, new polls coming, poll numbers coming out that are extraordinary. Wow. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some pretty extraordinary poll numbers on the way. I mean, they might be an outlier. They're so extraordinary, although it's a New York Times poll. So uh, uh, get that, you know, if you're expecting it this segment, because I teased it last segment and you're like disappointed, Google it or something, I guess. I don't know. Or wait. Do whatever you want. I don't know. <laughs> it's coming up in a minute. Yeah, or, or, or wait, or Google it, or whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to do. So, <clears throat> I, I'm sorry I brought this up. The discussion was, <laughs> I, Joe, have had, uh, the A, my three children, two that are significant others at my house for the last quite a few days, um, and uh, had my brother and his family in before that, and there's just been eating and drinking and carrying on, and I really need to get back to my, my usual schedule, and I remarked that I wish there was some sort of device, a switch, uh, artificial intelligence, I don't know, a valve, where once you hit the number of calories you need to live a healthy and energetic life, everything else would just go right through you. Healthy and energetic. And and Jack proposed, uh, what would, would you propose exactly? Well, just some sort of drug that, like, when you get to 1,800 calories for the day, then everything you eat after that passes through you. 
And I said something about drinking a milkshake and it would just go right through you. But, you know, you'd probably have to have a restaurant where... And I feel like people would abuse it and you'd have restaurants where you just basically sat on a toilet and ate <laughs> until you got tired of chewing. Yeah. And like an idiot, I asked, what should we call it? And you folks have responded. I can only share a few of the ideas. Really? Oh, in and out was uh, by far the number one. <laughs> but you see, there are, there are laws... Copyright laws, don't you know? Trademark right. you laws. You can't just, even if it's a completely different thing, and it is, uh, you shouldn't call it in and out. Uh, I can't even say, I'm going to say ship here, okay? Like a vessel that sails on the sea. Steak and ship was a, uh, yeah. yeah, not good. Nobody That's wants just... to eat at a restaurant called that. And what, would your, logo, what would your logo look like, really? Uh, uh, John from Napa suggests scoop and poop, which mm. is uh, not bad. Uh, the always colorful flambe with uh, crappuccino. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, and we should probably just end there. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> probably should have ended before we started. Yeah, could have ended uh, five minutes ago. Speaking of bad behavior, uh, evidently it's uh, officially a trend now. Young climate activists gluing themselves to the frames of iconic paintings in British art museums. Room 34 of the National Gallery in London, jammed with tourists studying some of the masterpieces of British art, including one you've never heard of and a different one you've never heard of. Suddenly, two visitors broke the reverential mood. These two young hipsters, 22 and 23, stuck themselves onto the frame of a famed 19th century painting and started chanting and yelling and took off their jackets to reveal T-shirts bearing the slogan, Just Stop Oil. Okay, I was wondering what the cause is. Most of the stuff we have in the United States recently is uh, animal rights activists who don't want us to eat meat. But this is uh, oil people? Yeah, I guess in Europe it's all uh, climate activists. Okay. Somebody glued themselves to something close, pretty close to the Mona Lisa. They don't let you get very close to the Mona Lisa from what I understand. Mm-hmm. I've never been. but Yeah, it's this uh, group, Extinction Rebellion, and, and similar groups. I hope They're that... uh, occupying freeways and blocking fuel stations and uh, running onto the track of the British Grand Prix. Pre, not, Grand Prix. It's not one of our another bad restaurant ideas, the Grand Prix. I hope restaurants don't get ruined. Um, restaurants. Art museums don't get ruined. Uh, the Mona Lisa is an outlier. I've seen a lot of very famous pieces of art that are just right there on the wall. And I think, wow, it's amazing that, you know, you can trust people to not. Because there there's, so, there's somebody way over there who might have some sort of weapon who's kind of paying attention. But I could do a hell of a lot of damage before they would get to me. And um, I just hope that doesn't become a thing. Well, thank goodness the the cross-section of people who... Uh, you know, have any interest in that? And those who actually show up to museums and do anything is very small. Right. I mean, yeah. to destroy something of beauty that took somebody, you know, hundreds of hours to create is just, it's the height of not being a human. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some new poll numbers out that the New York Times is calling devastating news for Democrats, which is pretty interesting. It's not good for the country where we're where we are with our approval ratings and all kinds of different stuff. That's coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some uh, presidential politics for you, looking at the state of things, kind of overarching state of things. I was listening to a podcast, make an interesting point over the weekend that, um, so Bojo had to step down in England and Great Britain over the weekend, so he's going to resign. And although he's not leaving right away like sometimes they do, and then somebody is an interim, he's going to stay on until they elect somebody else. And As a caretaker. See how that works out. But he, um, uh, they have a parliamentary system which is different than what we have, and we act like in America now that we have a parliament, parliamentary system, which we don't. In a parliamentary system... The the you 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 vote for a party and then the the guy that comes with the party is in charge, but it's all the policies and everything of the party, and we act like that's what's going on in the United States when it's not. We end up with somebody president, and they they might they might have completely different policies than the party has, and they don't get to do anything on their own anyway. So it's just it's it's odd that we look at the president that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of things around Biden and Trump and this article that I was reading a little bit from last week, the permanent unpopularity of the American president. 
and that we might just be going through an era because we do view the presidency that way, as if the president can fix all of these problems on their own and assign them all of this responsibility, that they'll never be more than like 40% popular, at least until we get over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, on the Trump side of things, I thought this was kind of an interesting conversation. Bill Maher talking with Ben Shapiro. Let me ask you what you think is going to happen in 2024. You think Trump's going to run, right? I would I'd be shocked if he doesn't. I would be shocked, too. Is he going to get the nomination, or is maybe your boy here, DeSantis, going to fight him? I mean, the big problem for the Republicans is is going to be whether anybody runs against him, because he's a giant wrecking ball. And, and if you run against Trump, you run the risk that he wrecks you so hard in the primary that you have no chance in the general. That is the, that is the, the big question. So what do you think will happen? I think that if he runs, it's going to clear the field. Right. So I, I could see that Trump could actually win that election easily. Especially if, if the Democrats keep doing the stuff they are doing to piss people off, like in schools. When you have my kid coming home from school and saying, Mommy, am I a racist? You're five. You just learned the word. I thought that was really interesting um, and, and true. I agree with, I think, everything there. Um, I don't know if Trump clears the field if he runs, if he decides to run or not, the way Ben Shapiro seems to think so or Bill Maher thinks so, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that point about uh, being a wrecking ball, I'm picturing it from Ron DeSantis' point of view because he's got a a hell of a lot of momentum and a great case to make uh, to be the next president. And I'm picturing uh, how exactly that fight would play out. I mean, I'm sure DeSantis would make the point uh, loud and clear, look, everything you loved about Trump, I'm ready to bring it without the negatives. And you would just have to see a few weeks into that argument if people were buying the argument or not. Trump fans. Yeah. You know, know, I know quite a few people who, who, like me, loved a lot of the policies, thought the guy was just too flawed, um, who would leap at that idea. You're not the core Trump supporter, though. The core Trump supporters are going to be vicious. I know. And dangerous to a Ron DeSantis. Like, he's the enemy. Uh, Anyway... On the other side of the uh, the political spectrum, new poll just out, New York Times reporting just hours ago, most Democrats don't want Biden in 2024. When is the last time that a party didn't want their own president? you got to go back to LBJ in, uh, in 68, I suppose. President Biden is facing an alarming level of doubt from inside his own party. 64% of Democratic voters saying they would prefer a new standard bearer in 2024. So two-thirds... Wow. Two-thirds of Democrats want a different person. That's unbelievable. I busted my neck. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Two-thirds of people in his own party want a different person, partially because of this. As voters nationwide have soured on his leadership, giving him a meager, this is from the New York Times-Siena College poll out just hours ago, 33% job approval rating in this poll. 33 we mentioned earlier in the uh, in the average he's at 36 37 th- the, the lowest that any president has had since they started doing the average of the big polls three and a half points lower than trump's lowest average so he's quite unpopular 33 percent in this new new york times poll this idea is a bunch of malarkey Hey, Michael, place clip number 70, would you? I think you'll uh, recognize the voice of the young, plucky young man who's talking to Mike Emanuel on Fox News. Do you expect President Biden to run for re-election in 24? And if not, will you run? Yes, I do expect him to run. I'll support him. 
That is edge, edge, they say. Pete, boot, edge, edge. How that absurdity continuing to issue forth from the lips of the uh, Biden administration. Well, he's in Joe Biden's cabinet, right? He's handpicked serving at the pleasure of the president. So I suppose he shouldn't say that. But how long do top Democrats continue to say that if two thirds of their voters are telling pollsters they want someone else? Because you're doing yourself damage at some point. Yeah. When you stand up there and say, I'm backing Joe Biden, and two-thirds of the crowd in front of you saying, what? No, get a different, get a different person. I mean, you gotta, you, know, you got to start saying, I think it's time for some fresh blood. I admire Joe Biden, Biden's service to his country, blah, 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 but. And he did a, such an able job moving on from the Trump era, blah, blah. Yeah, there are a lot of ways you could spin it. You know, it's funny. It strikes me. These are truly the spicy times. I was reading an analysis of the jobs numbers. And and the long and short of it, and we can dig into it a little more deeply later if you want, but is, uh, well, you got this indicator and that indicator and this indicator, and they never all move in the same direction. Always, if these two are up, the other one's down, just always. But this time, all three are up, or vice versa, or whatever. Um, we're seeing, you know, every indication of recession. And yet job numbers are way up. You know, more people being hired all the time. Um, and you've never had a president this deeply unpopular with his own party and uh, nobody willing to call him out. Everybody's still saying, oh, I'm sure he's running because you don't want a lame duck who can't get anything done. He can't get anything done anyway. So this is another one of these. What do we do with these dynamics? This th- We've never had this equation right. before. So the conventional wisdom is, is pretty much useless. It is. It absolutely is. For Mr. Biden, says the New York Times, that bleak national outlook has pushed his job approval rating to a perilously low point. Of course, Republican opposition is predictably overwhelming, but more than two-thirds of independents now disapprove of his president's president's performance. So he's got two-thirds disapproval among independents. That's wow. absolutely incredible. And two-thirds of his own party doesn't want him to run again. I said, you kidding me. By the way, the uh, right track, wrong track in this New York Times poll, similar to the Gallup poll we'd had last week, 13% of American voters say the nation's on the right track. I'm not exactly sure how you look at things. I mean, mm. whether you think we're too far left or too far right, I can't imagine how you look at the state of the country and think we're on the right track right now. Steady as she goes. Com- looking good. <laughs> <laughs> looking good. Compared to what? <laughs> Uh, maybe the person is like high when they're asked or drunk or something. Things <laughs> yeah, like six, are good. Things are pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Study oh. she goes. <laughs> so uh, you know what's uh, oh god? Uh, you know, just another moment on politics. Just things I've taken in over the last several days. The New York Times had a, a piece about some of the young Hispanic people. Uh, in particular, young Hispanic woman elected president in uh, the uh, border region of Texas. Uh, I'm sorry, elected to the House of Representatives, border region of Texas. And, and the headline, which granted the journalist didn't write, but the headline was uh, extremist Hispanics going over to GOP, trying to portray these plucky young people as extremists, which is, you know, old and stupid and tired and doesn't really mean anything. Um, but you do see astounding numbers of Hispanics either moving away from the Democrats and just sitting there in that independent middle or just moving right over to the Republican Party. Likewise, black people in increasing numbers. And and if you wonder why, there's this headline. It, it, the headline ought to be, 
Democratic Party attempting suicide. But the headline is actually House Democrats push trans bill of rights ahead of November election. More than 80 House Democrats have thrown their support behind a trans bill of rights resolution resolution calling for the adoption of sweeping federal anti-discrimination policies that include letting transgender youth and adults compete in sports. Yeah, what, what, no matter what you think about that topic, you're just wrong if your political analysis isn't the same as Bill Maher's. That's not a way for the Democratic Party to win elections. Yeah. Focusing on that stuff. It's just Oh not. my goodness. No. And as always we must point out we're we're drawing a bright line as they say between basic human dignity, jobs, your rights as an American and the extremist lunatic point of view that somebody who is biologically male should for instance be able to compete against women in women's sports or inhabit a locker room with them or or what have you. Um this Pramila Jayapal, the Washington Democrat who's the head of the DNC, I guess. Uh, she says, as we witness Republicans in an extremist Supreme Court roll back to fundal, fundamental rights of trans people across our country, and as state legislatures across the country target our trans community with hateful, bigoted, and transphobic attacks, we're standing up and saying, enough is enough. I'm t- they are absolutely driving Hispanic people out of the party as if they're using cattle prods. Right. Um, by the way, I'm glad I looked further into the numbers on this um on this poll. So it mentioned only uh, two thirds of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to be their nominee in 24. There's a chunk in there that had no, who said don't know or declined to answer. So the percentage of Democratic voters who do want him renominated is 26. So you only have one out of four Forget Democrats it. want him to be the nominee. One out of four Democrats. Want Joe Biden to be the nominee? That is that is incredible. Well, I have to look it up. What were the numbers for Johnson when he decided that he wouldn't run again? I don't know if they were that low. Yeah, I, I have no memory of that. But uh, I mean, if he were forty-five years old, sharp as a tack, uh, with numbers like that, no, you're done. Where's our clip, man? The short version with our opening clip. Where is that? We we haven't played it since the opening of the show. I mean, that's. Sharp as attack. Come on now. Remember, we opened the show with the... The opening yeah. clip. Anybody? Yeah. Somebody? Yeah. Anybody? Remember, yeah. it, was a, it was really yeah. a good one. Yeah. We know. Yeah. No. Be, no. Be, yeah. Clip of the day. Biggest. Play biggest. We can play yeah. it if we want. Let's play it now. <laughs> it's got to be around there somewhere. Here it is. What? You'd think it would no. be. Yeah, maybe it's not. The percentage of women who registered to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political, or, or maybe precise, not and or, or political power. And the uh, White House immediately jumping to, he didn't say repeat the line. He said, let me repeat the line. And well, no, he didn't. But, no. you know, you're doing your job. You got you to gotta cover up for the fact that he's an ancient person. And your own party recognized that, which gets back to the real question here is, at what point do the, the higher ups in the party say, look, only a quarter of Democrats want him to run again. Why am I standing up here on stage ignoring our own party? Come on now. Let's not be stupid about this. Yeah, aren't you, if you're a Pete Buttigieg, and again, the conventional wisdom says that you support the guy and say he's running, but aren't you, like, offending three-quarters of the yes. party? Yes, or, or saying, I don't care what you think? Yes, yes, you are. Yes, hmm. you are. I don't wonder how long that lasts. I think it lasts until the day after the election. Then it's just... Everybody's on board with no, he's got to go. 
So we don't have to do it next. But uh, speaking of indefensible ramblings, uh, one of the president's economic advisors was on Bloomberg TV trying to uh, defend his various moves, and it went poorly. Play that for you. Also, some intriguing numbers about the way people look at college educations. It feels like the ground is shifting under our university system. Wow, cool. Uh, FCC is going to crack down on some of those spam calls. Thank God Ford's got some SUVs that might catch fire in your garage, so park them outside and give you the details on that, among other things on the way. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the stars of TV's Sopranos has died. Tony Sirico, who portrayed the memorable mobster, Paulie Walnuts. Commendatore, you are already checked in. Commendatore, like a command. I like that. That's respect. Sirico played the part well because he lived the life, including prison time. You ever feel like nothing good was ever going to happen to you? Yeah, and nothing did. So what? I'm alive. I'm surviving. That's it. Tony Sirico was 79 years old. Oof. Um, Paulie Walnuts, and uh, he's dead. Chevy Chase, whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> You're not going to believe this. 
It killed 16 Czechoslovakians. Guy was an interior decorator. He was a good character. <laughs> he was. Oh, yeah. And uh, James Conn died over the weekend, too. So he was Sonny, the older brother from The Godfather. Or, if you're my kid's age, he's the dad in Elf. He's <laughs> 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 also right. a great role. Well, and then Ray Liotta just, uh, what, a week, two weeks ago. Yeah. So there Another you one of our great gangster actors. Some woman I don't know tweeted out, I honestly can't remember if I've had kids with Elon Musk or not. Uh, Elon announced over the weekend kid nine and ten. So kid, kids nine and ten for Elon Musk with a variety of different women. Interesting. I like the world's richest man being a really interesting guy. I think that's way. Bill Gates was the most boring world's richest man. Warren yeah. Buffett. Uh, wow. even, even what's his name? Uh, the Amazon guy. Bezos. Yeah, Jeffrey Bezos. He's not that interesting. Elon is is classic Howard Hughes like very interesting world's richest man. And he is either buying Twitter or not. I've got the eight ways it could turn out. I didn't read it because I don't care that much. Do people actually care about whether or not Elon Musk buys Twitter the way the world seems to act like it does? I don't. I can't tell. I don't think many do. I think probably the most vocal 3% on each end of the spectrum care enough to be jabbering about it constantly. I actually did read those articles. Long story short, the lawyers are going to fight and make a lot of money, and it'll come out one way or the other. There you go. That's a, that's a good uh, summary of that. Ford is expanding a recall we mentioned last week of SUVs telling owners to park them outside. After a series of engine fires, it can happen even when the ignition switch is off. So even with the car just sitting there and not running, it could catch on fire. So they're recalling another 100,000 SUVs in the United States. So 39,000 Ford Expeditions, Lincoln Navigators, etc., etc. I don't know. So look into it if you got one of those vehicles. I actually, hey, I actually sometimes have, it bursts into flame. What are you going to do? I actually have one of those vehicles, and... I don't know, I'd have to read and figure out if mine's one of them, so apparently I don't care that much. You'd think you'd care about your vehicle just bursting into flames out of nowhere. What are you going to do? The FCC, which is the Federal Communications Commission, which rules my life, Joe and I, we, uh, we have, we're slaves to the FCC. Uh, they're, uh, they've told phone carriers to stop delivering those annoying auto warranty robocalls and have launched a formal investigation. The scammers resulted in more than 8 billion unwanted and maybe illegal phone calls. That's the whole your auto warranty has run out. Would you like a new one that I get three or four times a day, it seems like, oh, yeah. if I ever pick up the yeah. phone? I hope that we can figure that out some way to, to honor free speech and end robocalls. Because it's made the phone useless. It's just it's useless. Yeah, as an incoming call device, yeah, certainly. And my emails are just, oh, it seems to be exploding. The amount of spam and scam emails and the rest of it. It's just, uh I need to get a second email address. Somebody pointed that out to me over the weekend. And I know that's what most people do mm-hmm. uh, to put down for all their information. I use my actual personal email address for everything and okay. have had the same one for 20 years. And so I get a lot of space. got to be a blizzard. It is. It really is. And Snoop Dogg has a new pot out. Snoop Dogg is blazing Joe Biden with his new Sleepy Joe OG cannabis. (laughs) So if you're wanting to get high and find that humorous, go ahead and do that. I tell you what, I wish Snoopy Dog had uh, taken me under his wing as a younger man. Of course, we're roughly the same age, probably. But, probably. Um, uh, just his entrepreneurial instincts 
um, are are really impressive. I mean, I I don't approve of his younger life. Certainly, that whole thing of I'm a uh, I'm a dangerous, scary rapper, and then I become a pitch man for people that probably never listened to my music in the first place. Right? Yeah, probably because I'm at Kane's Chicken the other day with my son. And you go up to get iced tea, and it's Iced Tea, the rapper, with his big face on the iced tea. Drink my iced tea. And I was trying to explain to my son who iced tea was. And we went back and looked at some of the old music and listened to it and blah, blah, blah. And how he was like the scariest man in America for a while on talk radio and cable news. And now he's pitching iced tea at Kane's Chicken. (laughs) He's gone from OG, original gangsta, to would you like lemon with that? Yeah, it's just hilarious, that transformation. Yeah, good for him. Were one of them phone? Was the early part phony? Is it all real? He just grew up. I don't know how it's adapting. Sure. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.